everyone, and welcome to another episode of Control Up Community Radio. I'm looking forward to today's episode. Today, we're very excited to have Andrew Wood, who's an old EUC guy. You might know Andrew's name. You should know Andrew's name. He's a wonderful guy, super, super smart, a great sense of uh, humor, a great personality. And he's recently joined Control Up. So I'm really excited. I've known Andrew since the 90s. And to have him working with me, I'm just the most happiest person around. So what do I say? Tickle, tickle to the core. So I hope you've listened to the previous three podcasts we've done. We had Jed on. We had Mark Templeton. You know, might know Mark. I hope you know Mark, the former Citrix CEO for so many years. And then last last week, we recorded and posted a podcast with good old Alex Cooper, the founder of E2E. So I hope you listen to those. They're really great. The feedback has been awesome. I thank you all for the, the great feedback. But with no further ado, I'd like to keep the intros a little bit shorter than I have been. Let's just get to my inter- interview with an old friend of mine, new product manager over here at Control Up, good old Andrew Wood. Okay, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I, I'm looking forward to it. Did we ever do a podcast together when I was doing DABCC Radio? Do you know what, mate? I don't think that we did. I think we there were a couple of articles that we wrote together. I think we talked about articles that we could do. <laughs> I do remember, it's like Ingmar asking me, an E2E, I think, we, we were out on a run in the morning. He says, oh, we should do a, we should do a podcast. I said, that's a great idea, and then absolutely did not follow it up, so... You've somehow managed to get me in a corner, and I am all yours for the next it's, however long it takes. I'm looking forward well, to it. Exa- exa- Any time look- to sit down and chat with you, mate, is a good time. Oh, I appreciate it, and, and, and vice versa. You know, I, I absolutely love chatting with you too. You have a that good English wit that I, I always baffles me and confuses me, and I think you do it on purpose. Uh, absolutely, I do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> so, cool, uh, cool, I- say the same. When I was asking you about, you know, hey, what kind of topics you, you wanted, you, you threw at me, can you teach an old dog new tricks? <laughs> so maybe that's a good title for it. You know, can you teach an old dog new tricks? But you're younger than me, so come on. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we, we'll, we'll both have to admit that uh, we, we've had the occasional rodeo. So you get to a point and you think, am I just going to keep doing the same thing, same thing? Because then that's more straightforward. Or do you continually push and challenge yourself? And go, do you know what? It's it's a bit different, but can I can I be doing that? And that's that's where I'm at. Constantly trying to trying to work that out. It does seem to take longer these days than it used to do. I'm I'm pretty sure that it used to be like days back in the day, and then now it's probably weeks or months. But nah, I don't fun, think. Always I think fun it's to challenge yourself. You think? think oh, you think it's the opposite? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but when you were young, you were young and foolish, and you would do things, but you know, on a whim. But as you get older, you have that little bit of intelligence that, you know, you might not do things on a whim, but you do them quicker than you did when you had no clue what you were doing. I'm you know what I'm saying? Make trying? a note. Um, I, I, I do. I get you. you make your I time get, up. I get your, uh, I get your line of inquiry there. But I'm writing down, don't do things on a whim because that feels important yeah. <clears throat> as a factual thing. I'm yeah. pretty sure my wife says something very, very simple. Yeah, don't do that. Don't yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, don't do that. Don't, do <laughs> don't do that. So before we get too far along, uh, for the folks who don't know good old Andrew Wood, can you say, you know, a little bit about yourself, you know, your past? Hey, you know, how the heck did you get into EUC and things like that? I've known you since the 90s, so it's a it's a good story. So Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Are you? For, 
<laughs> for anyone listening in, they had a UC in the 90s. Yes, we did. Who am I? So today, I am product manager at ControlUp. Still pretty new car smell fresh. I started in October. And then before that, I was at AWS uh, working in various bits of the EUC team. Started off in their professional services and then moved to be a solutions architect and then ultimately was the worldwide tech lead. So I had a similar role to you, Doug, in that within AWS, there's a technical field communities and I helped run and align that program specifically for EUC. And then before that, I worked for a vendor for Atlantis for a couple of years. And then before that was a, a solution architect with various organizations and then working independently and always in some sort of Citrix EUC guys. I think well, back then, I'm almost not entirely sure that we called it EUC. No, no, it's called SPCs, server-based computing. There you go. All of those things are true and did that. And how did I get there? Because I have a curious mind. It's, when I started out, Started out, obviously, as a as a child of the seventies, home computing was top fun, top interesting thing. Had a Spectrum, had an Atari. Loved coding, playing games. Even sent some sort of games in because way back in the day, it was a little bit more straightforward to get games published because they were not as complicated. Did all of that. Loved, loved IT. Went to do a degree in software project management if i remember rightly and then and then got a got my first job programming programming in progress database language on wow sun microsystems stuff green screen technology loads of typically in the uk it was all like local authority councils housing management application is what it was and it was top fun i i got to do lots of programming got to do Interesting things in terms of release management, but there's part of a team. And I did that. I did that for a couple of years. I top fun with that. And then this new like Windows thing came about and I went and got a job doing Windows programming. So let's do these applications, but, but on a Windows machine, look at this fancy Windows thing that can do Windows. It's not just a green screen terminal. It, you can interact with it and you can play Minesweeper. And how marvelous is that? I went and worked for another organization doing Windows programming and starting dipping my toe in networking. And that was all great. But again, with all with databases, database programmer, that that gig was Fox Pro. I don't know if you recall or remember that, but did that for a year or so. And then went back to my first organization because they said, do you know what? It's not, it's not Unix anymore. We're going to, we're going to do Windows programming. We're going to give our end users Windows devices. So that sounds great because I, I know a bit of Windows programming now and I know the application environment and this is a whole new delivery. Oh, let's do that. That sounds top fun. I'm not going to mark that down as on a whim. I did actually put some thought into that. <laughs> so, so that was great. And then we spent a lot of time and effort on getting that sort of first version out. Customers were really keen. A lot of councils were moving to Windows-based devices and putting devices on every desktop because that was that was also a thing. And that was great. That was great. That was great. And then we deployed it. And then we had a massive problem in that for a large database application, when you're doing green screen terminal, you are effectively doing server-based computing and you are effectively running your session on a remote device. 
right? And you've got some crappy 28K board modem allowing you connectivity, but it's just some characters. So that remote connectivity in a remote office is super simple. If you try and do a Windows-based program where all of the data has to come down, that's a different, that's a different kettle of fish. That we learned very quickly about the the dynamics of Windows programming for client-server applications, where a lot of data is going over very thin pipes because it just didn't work. So we we were looking for solutions, and we came across WinFrame, WinFrame one seven, I think, back in back in that particular time. And that, that seemed to solve the problem because, hey, now we just change it around. We'll, we'll run the Windows desktop in the, da- in the data center, which for many councils was, you know, big room. And you'll be able to access it over a, over a modem. That's great, great. So, uh, Andrew, you know Windows. Off, off you go. Go work out how this works. You've got two days. We expect it running by the end of the week. Lovely. So I spent two days in a, in a room getting to understand Windows on WinFrame. It took me a day and a half to realize that what I should have done was actually read the manual because yeah. I spent I spent a long time fixing registry keys. Going, why? How on earth could you have a product that's so so fundamentally broken that it can't populate registry keys in the in the right way? And then realized, because I think it was on like page two of the manual. I read the manual, I said, welcome, here's the manual. I went, yeah, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. In the way that everyone does when they get a new bit of IT equipment. On page two, it was, you know, in order to install this application, put it in user install mode, you know, change user slash <laughs> I forgot so about it took user me, install mode. Yeah, <laughs> took, you're right. It took me, it took me a day, day and a bit to effectively realize that they'd answered my question. And from that point in time, I was not only Windows programmer, but I became the, the guy who knew about WinFrame and the guy who knew about server-based computing but from a Windows perspective. And at that time, WinFrame 1.7, it was like, it was a brand new thing, and I got to meet a brand new set of people through the thin list, which is what, which was a mailing list back in the day. And for anyone who wants to know what a mailing list is, it is what it, it is what it says on the tin. You get an email, and you email a group, and then a whole lot of people email back. And it, the, the win, the, the thin list at that point in time was super helpful because WinFrame was a new technology, and everyone was learning about. Not only what was on page two of the manual, but how to deploy at scale, how to do application management, what hardware configurations would work. Because although Citrix had got a great product and had some very talented people, including, but not limited to you, Doug, if I remember at the time, there was a lot of unknowns and people were doing some new stuff. And so that was not only my first introduction to server-based computing, end-user compute, but my first introduction to having a community of people who would work together to solve each other's problems regardless of the environment that you were in. And it was top fun. I was asking questions and then answering questions. I created I think, possibly the first configuration template yeah. for, uh, for Windows and, and then had the great joy of people emailing me stuff yeah. To update the template, and, and there we didn't. Then back then we didn't have like Git or anything. It was basically someone's own website that would host it, and then you'd update the versions. But that that was great to to be part of something that was new and interesting, but also to get that first sense of community. So, Andrew, what are you? I am now a product manager, but I've still got that 
joy joining in with a group of people to make problems unhappen. Does that help? That's that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, there's a few things you said that are really interesting. Is is one whenever I got new software, you know, back in the day, even to this day, I never read the manual because if you go through and try to figure it out on your own, then you'll run into all sorts of problems for the most part, right? Especially back in the day when the products weren't as you know easy to install as they are today. And then you go back and you, you, so you fix it. Well, first you, you know, you try to install it, you, you, you're working through it, you try to fix it, you get it fixed. Maybe you don't. And then you go back and read the manual. You're like, Oh, so I should have done this, this and this. And then you go on a support group, you know, like the thin list or a community like, you know, today control of community or what control have you, community, or yes, someone's yes, yes. asking you a question in a, you know, on a pub, let's say, uh, <laughs> and then you're like, Oh yeah, I ran into that problem. You do this and this. And like, how do you know this? Well, I didn't read the manual either. Yeah. 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 Right. I learned more by trying to figure it out without knowing what I was doing because I ran into all the problems that everyone else ran into by not reading the manual. Right. Because no one reads the manual. Come on. Right. And I, and I, and I gloss over the manual because it can save a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. I, I, you it's know, a smart it, thing to do. But <laughs> it's experience. <laughs> but, but you're right. Job, no, one, no one reads the manual. I think it's more fun. I think it's more fun to not read the manual in depth. But to definitely gloss over it. That said, way back in the day, ah, there was less to learn. And now it's a lot more complicated. But yeah. definitely diving in and having a play and trying to understand it yourself and not necessarily following through a, a rote admin guide that says, install this, install that. And it's like question and ask, why Why am I doing that? Why is that important to me? Yeah. Yeah. I think is is super interesting. Well, I thought it was super interesting then. And I still think it's super interesting now. And I, I love to talk to people who, who have that same mindset, which is why I think, Doug, we get on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you. The other thing is I was a programmer too as a kid. I mean, you know, back then that's all you could do is games or programmers. I was never a gamer. So I always thought that Citrix came a little bit easier to me, especially in the early, you know, in those early days is because we understood how apps worked. So it's easy to get them to work. You know, the, the magic in the, the early nineties, early two thousands was getting the app to work. Right. So if you understood how an app worked, it was easy to make it work on those, on the, you know, they weren't, they weren't ready. As I read, as I read forums right now, even the control up forums, I, I don't think we've moved necessarily past okay. that point but, but <laughs> I, I get i get your point i get your point yeah 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 so uh so that said you, you came from amazon i want to talk a bit about amazon because it's, i remember when you joined amazon and, and i i sent you a, a dm on on twitter actually and i remember this and saying uh you work for the only company that i that i'm sort of jealous of not that i would want to come work there but that you know i find interesting and i've always been intrigued by workspaces definitely you know amazon's a big beast and they have market power and they're not stupid people you know in any way shape or form right so uh you know let's discuss amazon a bit and and in workspaces you know where do you do you still believe in workspaces do you see that it fits you know the world is changing big time which we'll talk about in a little bit you know the eec world do you think that workspaces is sort of a sleeping giant waiting to wake up and is it still relevant to watch in 2024 and beyond? Ooh, that's powerful. That's a question. lot of stuff, that, right? That's, that's, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Come and have a good conversation with me for an hour and a bit, Andrew. It'll be fun. It's like, and then you drop this little bombshell. Yeah. No, no, no. Marvelous. Let's deal with that. I mean, when I, when I joined, I'd been doing, a, doing work with 
Amazon, not necessarily with workspaces, just getting to understand this cloud piece. Because that was, what, 2016, 17? And it was still relatively new. And workspaces was a very new thing. I remember looking at early editions and coming from a Citrix background going, I'm not sure how this could work. Because if your workspace is in, say, the US and your data center is in, say, London, that's just going to be a massive pile of garbage that's going to go on fire pretty quick. How could they possibly scale that? But then as I worked more with AWS while I was at Atlantis and we were experimenting with some stuff, I realized that actually, do you know what? There's a big move from organizations to, well, at that time it was only really AWS, to cloud providers just to get the scale and global presence and capability that they wanted maybe only for a short time. I mean, you may remember from your Citrix days, Doug, it's like a deployment of server-based computing, EUC, VDI, however you want to call it, wasn't wasn't a two-day thing, really. It took time to understand the environment that you were going to set up. It took time to buy the hardware, time to rack the hardware, time to install it all, configure it all, and then deploy. And then, hopefully, no one changed the application environment because you done that whole configuration piece based on a set of requirements. And if those requirements change, hopefully it doesn't impact the environment that you've got. Because if it does, then oh, that's more tin. It, quite typically, it was very rarely less. And sometimes it was so much more tin that you couldn't fit it in your data center. So you need to go and buy some more room. It was a complex thing. Here was an organization, AWS, giving you the option of going, look, we, we need this. And we need this many users and we could deploy it tomorrow because we'll just use someone else's computer. I, I, I get that. I get, the, I get the joke. And we could scale quickly, use what it is that we need and then turn off. And that was like, actually, do you know what? I, I've been dealing with so many customers who, who need that flexibility of deployment. Maybe it's not a long-term project. Maybe it's a short-term project. Maybe it's just short-term burst, not a long-term burst. But that flexibility is where I, I could see a definite growth area, and, may, and maybe that would help, help that it'll be VDI's day tomorrow, the year of VDI, with that sort of environment, with that dynamic environment, rather than people having to rack and stack on their own. So at that time, workspaces, EUC at AWS, absolutely fantastic for me. And I went and, and learned a whole load of other stuff, not just about workspaces, but about the whole ecosystem, because that's important as well. If you're going to move to DAS, you've got to think, it's like, where's, where are my applications? Where's my data? And am I going to move that and make that easily accessible? Because of the, all, all the reasons that original Andrew had, it's like, hang on, I can't run stuff in US and then have data in London. It's going to be a horrible application experience. But you could run in London and run workspaces in London. You, you could think smarter about it. You just had to think differently about your deployment. It was a different mindset to deploying in your own data center. And I didn't, yes, top fun. Is it still relevant today? It's a super great question. There was a time when workspaces was difficult to be relevant with because Microsoft changed the rules on Office. And today, having an application environment that doesn't have some sort of Office component, be it Word, be it Excel, be it Teams or whatever, just 
isn't the thing. Microsoft put a lot of investment in that early doors and that is paying off. And for a while, AWS had that issue of if you wanted to use the 365, Office 365 bits in workspaces, license-wise, it was just not allowed. And that caused massive pain for customers. Made workspaces a difficult option to move for, for some customers strategically. But that that's changed now. Microsoft, have, I, I think, I'd like like to think, have seen that having an open-side competition across cloud providers means that customers have better choice. And so now workspaces customers today can deploy Office 365 because that license restriction has changed. And and so, yes, I, I think it's, it's a useful thing. Yes, we've got customers who are on Azure with Azure virtual desktops or with Windows 365 Enterprise, not necessarily so many business editions, but that is a thing that is happening. People deploying Windows instances in Azure. But I'd like to think that people can also consider workspaces. I mean, it's been a service since 2014, 13. It's been around a long time. It's got longevity. It has a wide set of scale, easy to understand in terms of cost at scale. So yes, I, I think it's got a longevity. What's been super interesting, it's like back the last year or so, once I went when I was at AWS, was the fact that we like we have moved, still need to remember pronouns, that AWS has capability of workspaces course. If you're a Citrix customer and you still want to use ICA HDX or your Horizon customer and still want to use PC over IP, PC over IP Blast. You can use those protocols, build that into your own environment, yet use Workspace's core to build out into AWS. You don't necessarily have to migrate to Workspace's, which I'm intrigued with. Obviously, the market has changed recently. Citrix has had a change. Horizon <laughs> and VMware EUC is in a interesting state. At the moment, I did. I did yesterday, wasn't it? Where it was like, let's let's move this business off. That, that, yeah, that's, they're, uh, they're that's going to divest it, right? Divest it. Yeah. To whom? There's there's an interesting question. I'd. Uh, who can buy it, right? Who can buy it? So do you, you know, know what? I, I looked down the back of the sofa and I found twenty pence <laughs> and a lolly, and I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think that's fair. To no, the exit, because I was at I was at Explore VMware Explore in Barcelona, back end of November, and the the team were bringing out some great things. It's good. You know, App volumes was getting a whole refresh. That sounds super exciting. If someone can make that happen, that is a good competition piece. I would say, and I've seen forums talking about this, and, and at the last EUC forum in the UK. We're having conversations about well, what might happen if it was divested. Would Citrix buy it? It's like I, I don't think Citrix Cloud or Cloud would would put themselves in that position. Don't don't see that it sees value, but there's an there's an opportunity there for someone to get into the EU EUC space at scale with some absolutely awesome technology and, and people driving some great product. Be interested to see what happens there. Well, you think about it. So that's a, it's a, I think I heard we it. Segwayed out of, we segwayed out of AWS, but, but I'm happy to no, do No, no, that's great. This is, we can do anything we want. It's my yeah. show. So, <laughs> uh, uh, and this is a really interesting conversation. So if you think about 
VMware, uh, what I heard, it's a $1.3 billion business group. So if they're going to sell for what, $6 billion, you know? And so who has $6 billion to invest in EUC, right? Google does. I already uh, counted myself out on that behalf. Yeah, and exactly. you have as well. He's not going to do it. I don't think they yeah, need a lolly. So, uh, <laughs> so there's, you know, there's, there's Google, there's Microsoft, there's, you know, then you have private equity companies, you know, that could definitely do that, you know. And that's going to be a private equity bit. What? Yeah, it, it, Amazon it could buy it and, and replace, you know, workstations or have a different offering, you know. I mean, but there's my point is there's a handful of companies out there that that could buy that or would buy that, right? And then you have the private equity, which is interesting, or you have something like a cloud software group, which you know is building a, a suite of solutions. They could literally buy it, fire all the people can, you know, uh, and just milk it for the cow that it is and get all their money back and a little bit more. That's what private equity does, right? So, you know, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, far from it, you know, but it's good. It's, it's a very interesting thing, you know, so cloud software group, they could buy it, get the competition, you know, can it and, and oh, I'm, I'm with you, you, you know buy I mean? it to kill it. Oh, no, I, I think that would. Now they just compete directly head to head with Microsoft no. and Amazon I, a little bit. On I, the I, I don't, I, I think for the amount of money that they'd have to get in order to acquire and then just to let it go. Well, they could they could get rid of all the people, or for the most part, you know, they're like typical PE playbook, you know, scale down to the very minimum, so, and, and it's too difficult to in many companies to just you know, oh well, we're done with it. We'll just go to Citrix or AVD tomorrow. No, it's yeah. going to take a year, two years to there, get off that some, platform, there right? Are some sizable customers who would Correct. then be without something. I, I, I don't, I don't think that it would be a sensible move for cloud. Also. I don't think how it gets a good return for them other than maybe trying to cherry pick some customers, but I'll, my, well, if they, my, if they my could, experience if they, they was get talking their money to, back though. My, my experience talking to, talking to customers at previous AWS events was they were moving away from cloud to go to VMware because they saw that as a more stable ship in terms of licensing and support. It'd be interesting to see what would happen to those. Should that move your AWS one is, is an exciting one. I mean, <clears throat> an issue that AWS has, if we would want to talk about an issue, is AWS as a whole has embraced hybrid models, which fundamentally most customers have, if we're being honest, in that, yes, they've got some stuff in the cloud, and yes, they've got some stuff in a data center or in the back room or under someone's desk. They, they've got a mix because that's how, you know, families are complicated. IT is complicated. It's the same thing. AWS doesn't really have a good option or local provision. And with an acquisition of something like Horizon, then then yes, they've got that. It does fit in well with workspaces, which does have PC over IP today, as well as its own as well as its own protocol. That'd be an interesting one because it sort of brings them into that hybrid model now when they've probably got deep enough pockets for it and it would fit into where it is that the EUC services sit. That'd be an interesting one. I tell you what, have have a bit of the podcast that says we predict that AWS will buy Horizon or, or VMware EUC, right? And then have it a bit where we don't. And then 
if it turns <laughs> out to be true, <laughs> just just pop it in and then say just that we were right. It'll be fine. It'll be I'm I'm sure hardly anyone will notice. So let's make a bet for that lolly. <laughs> 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 so I'll take cloud software group, you take AWS. And if neither one of us are right, we each buy each. I buy you a beer, you buy me a beer. Tell, no, no, no. I'll, I'll raise your game on that, sir. I, I I love to do stuff where it's bets for charity. So I bet you 10 English pounds that AWS will buy it. Then if that wins, then RNLI, which is my charity of choice, that's the lifeboats in the UK. They get 10 pounds of my English money. If you win, then you, you choose a charity. And if neither of us win, we both donate 20 quid to a charity of a charity as suggested by listeners. We can definitely do that. We can there definitely, we do that. sounds like a, sounds, that sounds perfect. Sounds right. absolutely perfect. Yeah. I just, I, I hope this sticks. It's great technology. It's interesting to see what happened. You know, I was up in Dublin last week and I had a great conversation oh, with Jack. Yeah, exactly. It was, a, it yeah. was an amazing one. James O'Regan and, and good old Ronnie, put together just an absolutely great show and, and there's maybe 35 40 people that were in attendance and then another 20 people that showed up you know after for drinks and in in conversation it was just a, a splendid time you missed it i was in the I did, right I did, I did i did i did miss it i did i did miss that one but then at the same time you missed euc forum yes uh, which was in london i was in sweden at the time because you were in sweden at the time so, yep. so busy that you are um, <laughs> It is, was the Sweden was the Sweden was sweet Sweden was a Sweden one, the Citrix User Group or it's an independent thing. They said they've always you know the, Norway and Sweden's been doing this for longer than CUGC, right? Go, there you, go. Yeah, you know yeah, these yeah. guys are the the OGs. You know I think that Norway probably had the first user group. I I don't know of anyone prior to who those is guys. who is the one that has the boat. That's Norway. In fact, that's what I was. I went. I was in Nor on the boat the end of October. I've yeah, always wanted so, that, that's that's one I've always wanted to do. I actually I like I prefer the one in the hotel better. So for the folks listening, you don't know what we're talking about. So the Norwegian <laughs> yeah, user, let's go down our own rabbit hole and not include so, anyone. That's so not, the Norwegian that's not a user group is if you ever get a chance to go up there as a speaker or just you know want to go to Norway and join their user group, it's an absolutely splendid time. Great, great technical minds up there. And they do two a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. The spring is in a hotel. And uh, so everyone gets together in the fall is on a boat and they go from Oslo to Germany and then back. And I do prefer the hotel one a little bit better because everyone's in one room on the I'm boat. Busy. Some go to the discotheque, some go to the monkey bar, someone go to, you know, the casino, which is fun. But I go there for the camaraderie, you know, for the networking and to, to meet all these fine folks. So uh, I do prefer the one in person, but they're, they're both absolutely some of the best conversations and talent around still it's a boat and it's the norwegian coastline all the fiddly bits it's like who, who would yeah, you're on a boat you're not looking outside and if you go outside it's freezing oh. cold but it's all the fiddly no no, no. <laughs> you can look out the portal of your of your room when you wake up you look out and you're like where there am there will be people who get the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy reference we'll oh i don't you know if, if all i know <laughs> is the life is 42 that's all i know so i read it when i was in you know, a teenager or something, but I don't remember the rest uh, of it. I'll have to go back to expand your reading library. Yes. Anyway, but let's go back to the EUC forum. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, no, let's go back to my, I started to ask or or tell you, but I'm up in Dublin and and I'm talking with Jags and you know, Jags from MasterCard, right? I do. 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 Of course you do. 
amazing guy. And, and so we went outside for a smoke and, and started chatting and, and we sat outside for a long, or stood outside for a long time chatting. And, and we started, you know, about the future, where things going, you know, Citrix, VMware, you know, all this stuff. And it turned to, he thinks that everyone will be DAS or a form of DAS, right? Within five years, which is what Gartner said also in their recent, you know, paper, the magic quadrant paper, you know, four or five months ago or something, three months ago. Uh, what do you think? Where do you see this world changing to? I'm with Jags on this one, but I'd like, obviously, let's go to Dublin and and have like a couple of hours in a pub with Jags because Jags because that's that's top fun. I'm with him. But I'm with him on a hybrid model. That's what I say. It's 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 Daz, but it's also not, a hybrid. It's like th- there are a lot of customers who are all, all in on a particular vendor. It might be AWS. It might be Microsoft. It might be someone else. It's rarely someone else. It's either one of those two. In my experience, in EUC, but there's few that are doing completely all in because the migration from what it is that they've got now to an all-in takes time and and sometimes they're they've got people in regions in areas that isn't well covered by the cloud provider so something local makes more sense so i I think he's right there'll be more people for das in five years time but i don't think necessarily that everyone will have moved by that time it's interesting at the EUC forum, which was actually the UK Citrix user group. Well, UK Citrix user group and the AVD user group, they, they melded together because they realized that, you know, if we just talk about Citrix, then we occlude people who've got VMware or Parallels and the AVD team, like, oh, if we just talk about AVD, then we occlude people from AWS. Like, let's bring it together and talk, make it EUC. The UK Citrix user group was never part of CUGC either, just as the Norwegians weren't, Swedish weren't. But it it, it makes for a, an interesting forum because you get to hear a lot of different perspectives. At the last one, the, the winter one, we had Microsoft talk, we had Citrix talk, AWS were there. It, it becomes more inclusive. And to go back to Jax's point, I think DAS will undoubtedly grow in size as people just want to move stuff to cloud, because that's the direction of travel for a lot of CIOs today. And as you do that, then your your end your, your fundamental endpoint needs to move as well. So that'll move. Now it might be Microsoft, it might, it might be AWS. And what I also found while I was at AWS was that you'd have the conversation, you know, you can be most cost effective if you put all of your stuff in. AWS, but for many, many customers, they dipped their toes in all of the waters. You know, they had a bit of Microsoft stuff. They had a bit of AWS stuff because that logically made sense to them for what they were moving and what their teams were doing. So I think, yes, DAS will be a thing five years time. DAS will be a greater thing than it is now, but helping customers understand costs and having that hybrid environment will also be important. It's like, we're not going to go away from that. There was an argument at EUC forum that everyone should just drop DAS and go back to on-prem. It's like, I'm, I'm dead set against that. I think hybrid, hybrid is the, at least in the next five years, the way to be going. 
I agree with you. I, I think that Jags has an interesting, they do, MasterCard does a lot of, uh, you know, mergers and acquisitions, right? So, you know, if you look for, you know, the early idea or the use cases of VDI, which are still the big use cases of VDI is, or DAS, same thing, in my opinion, in many ways, is, is you know, remote developers uh, and mergers and acquisitions, right? Sorry? So it yep. makes a lot of sense for him because he can spin up a new company. Here's your desktop. Boom. Off you go. Right. And I get that. And, and, you know, it's security. I did a podcast with Mark Templeton and, and he was talking about the benefits of, of DAS and, and uh, WorkSpot also and what they're doing. And his argument was, well, he had many arguments, but one of them that, that resonated with me is that, you know, Hey, you give a person a laptop or a desktop, and then you give them that virtual machine, you know, that virtual desktop. So they work in there. It's secure. It's managed by the back end, you know, by the experts, right? And then on their local machine, they can, you know, crap it up as much as they want. So I, I see it both ways. But so, so that said, the world changed, you know, in every way when COVID hit. And one of the things that really surprised me is that this is when Citrix fell apart. VMware, you know, EU, VMware sold off the Broadcom. Now, you know, EUC, VMware EUC is being divested, whatever that means. You know, we'll find out. We have a bet. And then they started deploying laptops, which was totally caught us off, you know, all off guard. Right. But it makes a lot of sense, too, is that these people can it's easy to deploy. They get a device that they're used to. They have that local experience for things like Teams and Zoom and the unified communications that became extremely important in during COVID in the post-COVID world. Right. The new normal, as, as they started calling it. And then you use something like a Citrix, a Parallels. ABD as the the seamless window piece for those line of business applications, truly hybrid, right? It goes back to what we we're doing in the late nineties, but with technology that works, right? Is that in, but, but long-term it's all cloud PC. That's sort of my, I loved, I love the technology that works. And if I was a listener, long time listener, first time contributor, Technology that works, like it, it does work better than it used to. <clears throat> which, you know what I mean. <laughs> but as a, as a as a product manager, I know there is some room for improvement. I will work towards that. You're right. I, I remember at the time being like, you've been to EC Masters, yeah, you've, you've been yeah, of course. Sessions. I've I've had the joy and fun of it once, where I took my family and they had the joy and fun of it as well. My youngest is still in awe of the guitar lesson from Steve Greenberg, nice. um, which was nice. But I would maintain that during COVID, you know, we all, as EUC, server-based computer, VDI professionals, we've always talked about what, what was the year, what, when is the year of VDI? Like that. COVID was the year of VDI. Like without shadow of a doubt, that was then because... You you just couldn't work from home quick enough without it. It's like and the um, the range of devices that were available to you quickly dropped off. If you wanted a highly performant laptop because you didn't have one before, you weren't going to get it because just supplies ran out. So you needed to do all sorts of clever things, thin clients, which I I would suggest were on a bit of a downgrade. Or, or downshift up until then? No, no it was, it was going massive growth. COVID stopped it. Do, 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 do you know, I, I got it from, I, I got a different perspective. It's like, oh, I, got, I was, a, I, oh. I, well, ah, you were at a different how do you sell, then. Yeah, I was, how do you sell <laughs> thin client into a house? 
hey, unplug your computer and plug in this device or use this UD pocket, but you need to change your BIOS to secure boot. My BIOS, what's a BIOS? Oh, we'll press F1, but sometimes it's a F11. You got to do it really quick. You know what I mean? And the, uh, the person's right. like, oh, oh, okay. well, okay. BIOS? Okay. You lost me in BIOS, right? Point, so no, point, point it's, well it's, made. It's point it. well made. Point well made. You know, you talk to the you talk to the guy who was doing cloud computing at the time. He's like, well, I, I, I saw a lot more thin clients being deployed. And the, the guy who was at the time at the thin client vendor going, no, it was horrendous. Let's oh, go with was, your opinion. Over it was mind. awful. I mean, 2019 was a beautiful year for iJaw. We grew like just massive amounts and, and people were understanding that, you know, Daz, you know, remoting is a better way to compute. And what gets me about COVID is that it proved, like you said, it was sort of the year of VDI, but it wasn't too, but it, it should have been. It proved that remoting, if the people that were using remoting, Mark said this, that when COVID hit, the people that already had, you know, a remoting solution, Citrix, Parallels, AWS. Oh, they, they bounced faster. Yeah, yeah. For they, sure, for they sure. didn't have any problems. The rest of them were like, okay, this is going to take months to deploy properly. We'll just deploy laptops, right? And yeah, that yeah. sort of became the new normals. We'll just go deploy laptops. That's another reason, you know, why Mark was saying, well, you know, Daz is much quicker to get on board. Like you said, you don't have to set up all this infrastructure. Go to Daz to someone else's computer, you know, just move over your data, set up your apps. Off yeah. you go. That moving the or data, connect is, your data is hard. Yes, but what, what, what I also think, let's say, let's say it's a fallout of COVID is a wider return to work piece. And what I, I think is highlighted is there is still a fundamental, if we want to talk about BDI, EUC, server-based computing, any of that delivery model still needs management input to make it happen. And fundamentally, that whole area is a people problem rather than a technology problem because we've actually solved it. There are stuff, there are things to solve, right? It, it, is it perfect? It's almost perfect. Almost perfect-ish. But if you've got an organization that doesn't want to allow work from home, like however good server-based computing, VDI, EUC is, it's not going to be your solution because of that. So we've we've always got that change method, I think, that, that management method that needs to be solved to make a better case for it rather than just let's go back to the office because if we don't go back to the office, then stuff goes wrong. It's like, no, 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 we can work more flexibly. We can deliver more flexibly. Think about this. Okay. Is that it? Are you done? <laughs> I didn't, no, I would run. I, I would run for much longer, but I, I thought that I thought that was a good point to bring you in. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I don't because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it's just me ranting at like the cloud for like old man rants at cloud I for ages. In fact, if I'm really pissed, I stand on my balcony and point at the clouds. <laughs> And you, you know, I'm not joking about I, that. I, I absolutely know that. Which is why I paused to let you come in. <laughs> I know this wrangles with you a little it's, bit as well. It's interesting, you know. And this is also why I'm a huge fan of parallels. I think that you know, uh, 
you know, it, it depends, you know, uh, obviously, well, the other thing is like you said, a lot of things, you know, it, we can do it in DAS, but if you need, you know, if you, if you're going to move everything over there, it starts becoming massively expensive when you, you know, when you really want to get into the, you know, into the graphics piece, which everything's highly graphical today, right? That is not cheap. You know, computing power is not cheap. DAS is not a cheaper solution. The cloud is, and I think this is one of the, and I hear it. It's not that I think I hear it. It's one of the reasons people are looking to go back on prem. It's that the cloud is not cheap. It's a very expensive. Uh, no. Correct me. And Please. yes, in that cloud is cheap if you manage your costs. But a lot of people come into cloud. And I, I'm not at AWS. This doesn't sound like condescending. Actually, but a lot of people move into cloud and just expect it to be like a cool old and and they, they've seen a headline item and they go, all right, that's, that's the price. Oh, they haven't even done that. They've just moved for whatever reason. Cloud can be cheaper if you manage your costs, but a lot of people just set up on the defaults and then press go. And then, and, and we, I remember getting this a lot with customers. It gets to the end of the month and then the bill comes in. It's like, whoa, it's like, well, all right, did you not? think about this you know when we planned this and we talked about what the the best options were did you not think this oh no 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 we just wanted we just wanted to build our quick so we built our quick it's not like yes that will work but it is costly now it can be cheaper than doing your own stuff but you need, need to understand your cost environment and so any any insight to that that you can get either from the vendors or from third parties is absolutely key for managing it because if you do the other, like, like, let's let's flip it around the other way. You went through a massive exercise as a customer to build out an entire data center, and that cost a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've forgotten about that, and now you're buying it on a month-to-month or a week-to-week basis, and that can be super helpful. But don't forget all of that time that you spent building out that data center environment, building it physically building the data center and the redundancy because you needed two data centers otherwise your insurance would go up and powering watering all of all of the tin all all of that all of that had a cost you've forgotten about that though because you did that three years ago and now you've seen the cost on the bill and it's annoying and i get it but if you can manage that going forward then some like quite often more often it can be cheaper than what you were all doing before that's a very good point that's a very good point yeah. Okay. So let's, let's change gears a bit. So, uh, we can, we can rant about this forever. It's, it's an, you know, like what you said is what we should do is we should go to Dublin, see Jags, have a few pints of Guinness and, and beat each other up over this. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that'd be a, that'd be a fun recorded session. I'm sure <laughs> many people would tune into that. I'd tune into that. <laughs> I would, I'd, I'd record it and listen. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? After that third point of Guinness. Yeah. 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 We were walking down the street with this lunatic (laughs) and he walks up to the police and said, Hey, will you please arrest him? And I was like, what? Like, no, no, just for. And they, and they dutifully, because the police in Dublin are absolutely lovely people. They, uh, they did arrest you. Well, they didn't arrest me. They just pretended it was the, the, they looked at him very funny. I feel missold by the picture that I saw on the internet. (laughs) But for like another time, I should really not do things on a whim. Like you said before. Yeah. I sent the picture to my mom and I said, uh, <laughs> I said, mom, because I've been, send, I've been telling mom, her. Mom, send money. I am arrested in Berlin, Berlin, Dublin. And yeah. 
and, and well, I've been, bail. Send a thousand dollars. I've been joking <laughs> with her for years. I mean, 20 years. I call her up and I'd be like, mom, 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 I'm in a Mexican prison. Please bail me out. <laughs> and at first she's like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, and I'd start laughing. Oh, damn you. And I did it for years. And she believed me. So this time I sent it to her. I was like, look, mom, I'm arrested. This is true. I got photographic proof. And she goes, yes, yes. Funny one there. The cops are laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn you, police officers. <laughs> uh, I will refer you to Peter and the Wolf. I'd say great. Uh, <laughs> 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 this is what she tells me all the time. She goes, Doug, you oh, just can't tell me all these things that aren't true. Someday you'll tell me something that is true and I will not believe you. I was like, oh, trust me. You'll believe me. So, uh, but Anyway, so let's change anyway. gears a bit. So, so you, you, uh, you know, you, you've been doing all you've been doing. You're, you've been an engineer, uh, worked at ISVs and from the, you know, the technical side of things. Now you, you're moving over. You're still on the technical side of things, of course, even more so in some ways. Now you become a product manager. This is brand new to you. Although your entire career has set you up perfectly for this role. I love it. And I think control up is so fortunate to have you on board. That said, what what are you what are you doing? What are your priorities? What can you describe your role and in, in what you want to accomplish at Controller? Product manager, great things. Next question. <laughs> More detail. Hey, can you please, can you, that sounds great, Andrew. Can you give me some more detail. Do you know what? I, uh, it was earlier on this this year, and Eugene put, posted into it. I think it was into the EUC Masters Slack channel that control up. We're looking for product managers. And could anyone recommend anyone? And I'm, I'm definitely in the business for helping people on their career paths. I, I've joined the likes of Toastmasters, I've done career progression meetings while I was at AWS. I've given career advice. I've asked for career advice. I love that. I thought that was a great idea. So I, I dropped Eugene a line and gone, tell me more about this role. And YouTube did, because he's that type of person who just offers information when asked. And when I read it, I thought, do you know what? That sounds top fun. Again, not necessarily on a whim, but in my role as tech lead, been working a lot with product managers at AWS. And here's an opportunity to work with ControlUp. And ControlUp, I remember, I think the first time ControlUp presented at E2E and blew everyone away with like the deep dive availability of information that everyone wanted. And has consistently come back and given that interaction. It's not necessarily about a tell, it's about an ask. It's like, here's what we've got, but We'd really like your ideas. I loved, I loved that culture. And here's someone saying, do you know what? There's a product manager role and I'm interested in just trying something interesting. And as I dive deeper into it, like that sounds super fun to go and talk to control about helping drive the future of product. Given my AWS background, because I see gaps. Uh, something I was really wanting to make happen, AWS, was metric deep dive. There is cost op optimization at AWS. If you want to optimize your workspaces, you've got workspaces cost optimizer. It'll tell you what your costs are, turn stuff off if needs be. 
don't have that for AppStream. Don't have that if you've used the DCV protocol. Like, oh, it would be great to bring that cost optimization piece that I know that Controller has and gain insights from other people like I don't control about to AWS customers. So it was like a, oh, if I go here, can I do something that I'd, I'd love to make happen for the customers that I've met at AWS? And here I am. Now, is it just about AWS stuff? No, no. There's all sorts of things. And that's what makes it super exciting by coming to Control Up is I get exposed to all of the AVD pieces. That's great. I get exposed to all of the Citrix pieces. That's great. And Horizon pieces, which is also great. And then bring that back to Amazon Workspaces. So I basically came with a, I could make Amazon workspaces customers lives better maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but soon and control up said yeah yeah come along andy let's see what you can do and also <clears throat> please learn the product manager role which has been absolute fire hose so oh, i'm still working through that very interesting very interesting so yeah well, what do I say? I mean, that's, it's, you know, product management is the one job. I told this to a IGL PM one time. I said, product management is the one job I've not had that I would like to have. And uh, he said, oh, come on, come on, come work with us. I was like, nah. <laughs> that's um, do, you know, do you know what? Me same, me same, but I said, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's because you're trying to, you're doing things on a whim. You're trying new things. I'm no, still living in my comfort no, zone. No, you told me not, not a whim, not a whim. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. You was thought through. Of course, of course it was. You're an engineer. You, know, you think things through. Uh, th th right. As an engineer, which is where I was originally trained, I, I love to solve problems, right? And in the, in the tech lead, P, in the tech lead role, it wasn't necessarily solving problems. And Eugene rocks up and effectively tempts me with a, here's a problem solving role. Would you like it? And control up are really cool. And you know, you know that you like them and I do like them. And it was like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get me to more problem solving. And how do you say no to Eugene? I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible. I, again, I, let, let's edit it out and think of a better way later. <laughs> no edits. There's no edits on DA, or <laughs> radio. Like control up community like, radio. Oh, we just, he'll, he'll listen to it and go, oh, I know I'm invincible. It's like, there's got to be some sort of kryptonite to Eugene's skill. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't found it yet. But that's a, that could be a goal. Like we could add it to our bet. <laughs> we could we add it. It's yeah, like, we could add it to our bet. <laughs> So we could come back next year and go, Oh, have we found a chink of his armor? Yeah, we can bring what we could do is we can bring him to Dublin with you, you know, Jags and I, and we maybe we can find it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 sir. Never, never ever think that you can no make alcohol be their problem. I remember, I think it was a one of the German ones where control up quite often sponsor. E2E, right? So, yeah, always. And do check out the Alex Cooper session because that's top fun for about how to develop a community, which I'm sure you have taken notes from, Douglas. I, I did that and had a session and had a session in the afternoon, but I answered a lot of questions in the first session from Control Up in the morning. And when Control Up do a session, they always hand out sh like shots. And so I drank them. And then my session was not as not as good as it should have been. 
<laughs> I remember like, listening to these guys. I think it was Zen Blog, one of the the you know the the virtual. Don't, don't, don't even go. Don't even sip. Just leave it. If your session yeah. is in the afternoon, don't, S- don't sit do next again. to a plant and throw it in the plant and then just sort of yeah, smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah years ago, just, yeah, yeah. this is how you machine, do it. I will go back to that past Andrew and just make him fix that particular session. It was not. It was not great. It's not a crowning right. glory. I remember them doing this this session on Zen Zen blog, and it was you know that you could see them live. I think it was yeah, I think it was that. But anyway, in every question, the 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 guy that answered it actually took a shot of limoncello, and he must have done like ten fifteen questions, and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. So I mean, that must have been Eugene. I don't, I can't picture the yeah. face. So yeah. it had to be you, you do them and you think, oh, I've done ten or fifteen shots of limoncello, and oh, I'll be absolutely fine. I feel fine now. Yes, you do at ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, but you give it an hour and a half, mate, and you are taking a nap. Uh, you really be taking a nap, not presenting a session. So, so uh, control or con- yeah, control up is uh, there's too many company names. So, control up. We're talking a lot about decks. And to a EUC guy, I you know, especially uh, Master's Retreat comes back to mind. Is I remember sitting around in one of these, you know, the roundtables we have talking about the problems and what are we trying to accomplish. And everyone says to create a better user experience. We're there to create a better user experience, and that's exactly what it's about, right? So at at Control Up, we're really mo- not moving into, but trying to find and, and explain this idea behind decks. Where do you see maybe your role and also you know decks? in a you know it euc world that's a fun one um, i stumped you yeah no i didn't no, yes, both yes and no um <laughs> i'll go back to what what's interesting and i was at a couple of gartner presentations earlier on in the month is that text is still a moving thing it's like what is your end user experience monitoring piece about and is it just about vdi Obviously, it's not, right? Let's go back to our conversations about hybrid. What I really like about Control Up is it's not just about VDI, desktop as a service pieces. It's also thinking about how can we monitor laptops where it's just, just a laptop. And, you know, hopefully we extend as we go forward in devices that aren't necessarily Windows devices. They're other devices. Maybe it's maybe we just have to help the Mac users realize that their device is incredibly expensive and they should never use it and just get something else. Stop. That's my personal opinion, not Stop. control-ups. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Just because I see your screen and you are a dedicated Mac user, I thought I'd throw that in. We've got Chromebooks. Big project I worked on at AWS was about the proliferation of Chromebooks in schools and i'll take that proliferation of chromebooks in schools and raise you young man how microsoft did word office in schools in our time frame right and now we have become word office microsoft users and then find change difficult chrome have done this for the younger generation yeah chrome are absolutely okay and if you if you can't provide a greater insight into those devices I, I i've got to admit it's like i've got one i've got one for for my kids well my my kids who would actually use devices that's super important we need to be thinking about that 
Okay. Okay. So uh, we're almost done, but I have two more questions for you. And you know what I had, I wrote down a bunch of questions, but we, we just totally went off topic and we answered them in different orders, which is exactly what I love. So uh, that's always my favorite podcast. Did I, did I we're not just reading you through boring rumble, questions. And I rumbled and, and now I feel as if I've done you short. No, no, no. It's, this is, this is control up community radio. This is my world. We can do as we please. This is not an organized event. This is a conversation. It's just like you would if you were, you know, hanging out, right? And those hanging are the out. fun ones, I feel. You know, if you want to listen to Andrew, can you please tell us about Dex? Well, you know, there's a lot of guys that bore the shit out of you. We're not going to do that. Like, ultimately, I, I think Dex has the best play in the fact that we have that hybrid environment and that's coming, right? Or, or is here. And if you are a vendor, you, you can't just focus on VDI. You must focus on what that endpoint is. Now, how that endpoint works, it's going to be fun because no one knows the scores right now. And the scores are ill, not ill defined. The scores are up for grabs. I think we've got a better idea of how that could work. But, you know, there's competition out there. I'm sure they've got ideas as well. What we can't do is only have VDI or only have endpoint. You've got to bring it together because ultimately the environment is about hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at Dex as, as even beyond the score. You know, the score is great. That's, you know, the, the, the highest level, the pyramid of the, you know, the, what's that pyramid called? Uh, you know, the decision-making pyramid or something like that, where you, the first thing you do is say, do we have a problem? Yes, we have a problem. Now I'll look further into it. And that's to me what the deck score is. Oh, I got a great one. Cool. I can move on with my day. I got a bad one. I'm going to go dive into it. But what I love about control up is, is, is in a, the, or not the idea that the reality that I can dive exactly into everything and then I can remediate that. I can script nice. it. I, I can I, do I, everything I, with it. I'd like, I'd like to see the future as automating the issue so that we, you log in in the morning. Or an afternoon, you know, you do your day. Control it was already solved the problem. Yeah, exactly. And told you, right? And what what I really like about Control Up is that they leverage a community input. So what I really like is, look, let's not just tell you that you've got a problem. Let's solve the problem for you. Let's let's proactive your day, so you can log in and make some, maybe you've put some filters on actions so you authorize them or not for whatever reason. That would be lovely. But for everything else, let's just automate it. All right. yeah. I, I don't understand why why we have to just give you the information, then you act on it. Why can't we help you on your behalf? That's that's the ultimate vision. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, very much so. I'm going to bring Guy Leach on and have them talk about some of the, you know, the script actions and the things you can do around, you know, writing code and, and, and not even, you know, and I know I talking to Matt, Matt, uh, you know, your counterpart within product management oh, and some of the great things they're doing around. Guru. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He's amazing. And, and he loses me within two seconds. You know, it's like, okay, slow it down, Matt, slow it down. All right, so, mate. I just, it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, I'm, tell me I'm not great without telling man. I'm not well, great. No, no, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> different different conversations okay i you know, know i know, and, I know. Uh, he leaves uh, me in all 
there you go. So, you've, uh, got, you, you've got to accept your limitations, I think. Yeah, well, some, some of the, the, the work they're doing, he's doing around, you know, how can it not just script it? And but but figure it make it easier to do the you know the the remediation and, and things. I don't want to give too much away because I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about some of the stuff he showed me. But it's I, really amazing what I'm he's doing. I'm smiling politely. If you yeah, and then MDA then you bring stuff, an AI in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you bring an AI, and I know John Wallace um, is working on the AI stuff, yeah, and you know we're actively yeah. really seeing what we can do there. And there's a huge piece there that can go into, you know, this and will go into it. You know, to 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 be more intelligent from a you know, you know, exponential learning curve, and yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think I think you know, I don't know when the year of BDI is going to happen. I don't think it ever will. I don't think it ever did. But I think twenty twenty four is. Oh, be- here's the man. When we were having a conversation, right at the, right at the top of this, right at the top of this, and you went, "Oh, I remember everything." Now, but there was never the year of VDI and COVID was COVID COVID. should have been it. It became the year of the laptop. (laughs) You know, it became the year of the laptop. And I sat out here going, why? Why? You know, for my apartment because we're locked down. (laughs) (laughs) With me screaming on my balcony at the cloud. Damn you. Damn you, it's VDI. So, but I think, I think that 2024 is going to be the year of control up. That's what I think. And, and I, and I mean that really do. So we can take another bet on that one. And so anyone who wants to take the bet, uh, we can throw that out there and for, uh, Andrew's chair. Oh, do you, do you put, you pay me in a corner, sir. You pay me in a corner. <laughs> well, you, you're on my side, I hope. So well, I'm absolutely on your side. That, so it, it feels, un- it, it feels unfair. I, I tell you what, I tell you what, control up. I'm trying to think of how I can combat you and then other people can. <laughs> nothing. It's, it's, no, we're, no, we're, I've, got, I've got nothing. I, I, yeah. No, I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what. Are you voting against us? Come on. No, no, I'm voting with you. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So wh- wh- what's your position? That, that 2024 is the year of control up. That's what it's the year people realize that decks and the idea of modern that into end, you know, and I mean end to end, you know, the the routers, the 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 Wi-Fi, the you know, every little piece of it, you know, is important. And in return, you know, people understand, you know, and be it us or maybe a piece of the comp, you know, competition, but I think it's gonna be us, of course, that we grow massively because of that understanding that this is really something you need. Like you said too, you know, it's not just about monitoring and hell, you know, you could monitor in a lot of ways you could forever, but you can also remediate it, you know, and you can, you can configure this system so that, you know, you, uh, you provide that stellar user experience and, and not have to worry about a good chunk of it because the system itself takes care of it. Right. Yeah. Is that the dream baby? Well, yeah, but I think I think you've done a vague ten pound bet for whatever charity you want. Yeah. Um, so what? So my my ten pound charity bet will be this year in twenty twenty three. We had a, a control up had a Gartner rating. My bet will be next year. It is further to the right and up. Absolutely, I agree with that. Oh too. no, no, no! You can't agree. No. Well, of course, I'm not going to bet. No, control is going to go down to the right. Or, you know, it's going to. Yeah. You, no. You've got control. It will be the year of EDI, and then we, we can come back next year, and we can judge yours. But I'm going to put some metrics on it. Okay. So, so person. let's move to the next question. My last <laughs> question. This is. I always like to have a fun question. I had so much fun with Jed. Thanks to good old Marcus. 
ask him. Uh, we did it. We did a web, a meetup. My first one, Jed joined the company. We did a meetup, and the last question was, "So, are you going to move? When are you going to move Control Up to be a hardware company? You know, because that IJO he took a hardware company and created a software company, and mm. the look on Jed's face was just he laughed and <laughs> laughed and laughed. And Marcus didn't think I would ask the question, but of course I did. So my question for you, which you asked me to ask you, was can you give us some tips on booking hotel rooms in Leeds for optimum (laughs) success? (laughs) I thought that was just a me and you thing, darling. (laughs) Liebling, Liebling, it's just me and you ask, not a not a not a general ask. Maybe uh, nobody knows what we're talking about. You can tell them the story if you'd like. I do. I do, do we'll I, end on that note. <laughs> I will tell the story. So, <laughs> in moving to control, I, I I get to work with Doug. I get to work with many beautiful people, clever people, and also Doug. And <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And we, we get an opportunity to go to uh, what was Leeds. <laughs> breakfast, in, the in, breakfast Leeds, club, in Leeds, in Leeds, which is breakfast uh, club, UC that's breakfast at club, dinner time, which is which is hosted by Ben Ward, and basically Ben has brought together a number of people in the north of England to have a conversation, just just riffing on Doug's great community idea, right? Just let's get together and have some conversations and understand what's going on in the industry, and just chew the fat, right? Great, great. And they have this regularly. Breakfast meets I can't meet because I live in Sunderland and Leeds is miles away and breakfast would be a 4 a.m. start. No one needs that. But they also have evening and Doug was invited and Doug came across. Doug messaged me and said, oh, Andy, I'm going to the Leeds meeting. Shall we meet up? I said, great, Doug. That would be marvellous. Let's do that. Tell you what. There is relatively inexpensive hotel near the Leeds Armory. Let's stay there together in the morning. We can do Leeds Armory because I know you like like weapons and that. Leeds Armory is an amazing venue to go to. Let's do that. And then we can go to the session in the evening. That'd be great. Great meet up, have a conversation, do the Leeds Armory, show you a bit of the UK. That'd be lovely. That'd be lovely. Doug says, awesome. Doug books his hotel. I book my hotel. I arrive at my hotel. I arrive at my hotel. Message Doug. Right, I'm here. That's great. So where shall I meet you? Doug says, I'm downstairs having a cigarette. Excellent. Unless your wife is listening, in which case I'm downstairs taking in the sea breeze. That's fine. So I go downstairs and look outside and there is no Doug. I think, oh, that's fine. It's a big hotel. Go around the side. Still no Doug. This is not my first rodeo. I realise that there are many IHG hotels around the world and Leeds has multiple ones. So I text back Doug, where are you exactly? Are you at Leeds Army's hotel? And Doug is not. Doug is at the back end of Leeds in effectively an industrial estate. So it's basically his hotel, which has... A not nice appearance. I'm in the hood. You are in the hood, sir. Yes, because you picked the first one that came up on rather than the one that I told you. To. So I have to take taxi to Doug 
pick him up. He says, why would you book this hotel, Andy? Why would you make me go here? He's like, I did not make you go here. I made you go to the last one. So my experience with Doug at Control Up is be absolutely explicit about the hotel that he needs to turn up at. And I hope that I meet him many times again. And I hope that next time we will stay in the same hotel and share maybe a coffee or a cocktail on how EUC can move forward with Control Up in the future. Well, we'll definitely do that. I, I the, the next hotel I booked after this, I must confess, I looked at the address like nine times. You, <laughs> I can't believe I made that. On, I'm blaming it on the, I'm blaming on the Navon, the app that we use. Because on, I put on, in, on a whim. On a yeah, whim. On a whim. I booked it on, on a whim. I, that could be that could be the title. Instead of can you teach an old dog <laughs> new tricks, it could be right. uh, on a whim with Andrew Wood. <laughs> and, Andrew, you thank you so much for giving this. I, I love these type of conversations. You know, I knew that talking with you would not be a, a simple Q&A, nor did I want that. And, and I've had a blast. I'm actually on vacation, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know how to, you know, they give us so much vacation time. How do you're on, you're on vacation and you talk to me? Well, I, I don't know. How can you use 30 days of vacation? You know, in America, that's called unemployment, right? So now I'm doing all the stuff I want to do in the stuff that I don't have time to do, you know, because I'm doing the stuff I don't want to do. Although I so, never do what I don't want to do. I, I, I have I, the best I, job. And, and I hope, I, I hope it makes the edit. <laughs> There's it, no edit. <laughs> It's all in there, baby. It's, it's all, all in there, baby. So, like, I, I just trust that, given that you're on vacation, this was just me and you having a chat, sitting on a sofa, drinking a beer. <laughs> Except I had a lemonade. Yeah, I have a bottle of water, trying to lose weight. This is where's our where's our lives gone? <laughs> what do we know? I'm working oh, on vacation with a bottle we're not of water. Twenty two anymore, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all fun, all fun. But I did have a beer last night. My I, my wife comes home. She's been in London. She was in London this week, and the Liebling was in London. So when she came home, the first thing was, "Where we're having dinner?" It's like well, I just walked in the door. I was like, "Yes, but I want a beer." So I don't drink at home, you know. And and I I like to have a you know, especially in Germany, America. I never really I didn't drink it all out, only in conferences. But here, I love to have a good bison. I just love it. What type of bison? I like a Polana. But, you know, in Germany, you don't say, you know, what beer you want. You just say, you know, ich hätte gerne grosser Hefeweizen, bitte. You know, man. You, get yeah. you with your German. Well yeah, done. Yeah, I'm very good around well a pub. Done. Very good around a pub. I, I can, always, yeah. Ich hätte gerne grosser Hefeweizen, bitte. Grosser Hefeweizen, bitte. Knock Hefeweizen, bitte. Knock Hefeweizen, bitte. Toiletten. Toiletten. Danke. So basically, uh, uh, your German Jeez. is compartmentalized into yeah. what I need to know in a pub. Correct. Give me a beer. Give me a beer. Give me a beer. Yeah, Where's right. the bathroom? Can I pay my bill? See you later. It's a richer bye. language, you know. You could ask for more things. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm working on I, I know much more than that, but that's what I learned at first. The big one was toiletting. The first time I went to a... Yeah, well, I, I looked at fair, fair point. One I mean, made. you got to learn that one, right? Because <laughs> okay. I'll yeah. tell you, I, this is the last thing we'll say, and then we'll call quit. So <laughs> I went to, I was here, I wasn't here maybe, you know, a couple months, and I go to the bathroom at a restaurant, you know, it's down a little hallway, and they have the two doors, and they have H and D on it. I was like, I don't know what that means. Harmon and Darren. 
Yes, I understand this. I understand this. But there was no picture. There was no picture. You know, there was nothing. And I just like, okay. Why would you need a picture? You speak German. Because I don't know what H and D means. Okay. That sounds like your fault, not their fault. Well, this is true. So, but I stood there for a good 15 minutes waiting for someone to come in or leave. Bless your cotton socks. Right. Okay. And finally, finally, someone, I forget if they leave. They must have come in there because otherwise they're in there for a long time. But uh, they uh, they go in. And I was like, okay, good. And I really had to go too. And so then I get back to the table, and my wife and the friends are just like, "Where have you been?" Like, oh, Germany. <laughs> and then they explain, you know, H and D to me. Yeah. <laughs> Trials and tribulations of American abroad. <laughs> yeah. But did you appreciate the fact that you had an enclosed cubicle as opposed to seeing most of your body across the floor? But that's not always the case. Now we're really going downhill. On the- Sometimes they don't have a wall. Sometimes you just have the urinals and no wall. You know, it's like, wait a second. You got to at least put that fake little wall there that's, you know, just like dividing them. It's just, it's like military school. Uh, urin- four toilets. Ur- urinals don't need a wall. Well, toilets need a wall. Yeah. Sit down needs a wall. Okay, we're, we're, we're going where, with <laughs> control up, number one. <laughs> Welcome to control up, Andrew. I'm very, very happy to have you here. Next time I book a hotel, I will call you. We have bets. We have control bets. Up, control up, we have bets up. that we, we are expecting some feedback on, if I remember rightly. Yes, yes. So, and I hope you guys all enjoy it. Thank you, Andrew, so much for taking the time to do this. So, I, always, I've had a blast. Always. You made my vacation day a very good day. I could have sat here and watched a war movie. <laughs> and you'd have had a fun time. I appreciate always talking, always talking to you, mate. It's always good fun. Uh, we'll do it more often. So as you, as you get more into your role and, and when you're ready to come back, you let me know and mm-hmm. we'll bring you back on and we'll have a proper organized conversation. Nah, that's nah, not that seems like foolishness. Let's just do this again. <laughs> do it on a whim. Thank you so much. Have a great I've, day. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Okay, that concludes another successful episode of Control Up Community Radio. Thank you, Andrew, so much for that awesome conversation. You know, it's always interesting to see what a podcast, what happens, right? If you, again, as I sort of said in the episode, if you want a boring podcast, if you want, Andrew, please tell us about who you are and what do you do. Wonderful. Can you please explain Dex? Sounds perfect. And what do you feel the future of EUC is? Then, you know, go listen to some boring guy. That's not what we're going to do here. Sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll depends upon, uh, last week we did Alex and that was more of a, it was definitely a conversation, but it was more of a, a straight Q and A because he had a story to tell. And that story is amazing. I hope you listen to that. It, it's, I, I, I've listened to it twice, three times, I think, actually, because I really, really enjoyed it. And the pride in Alex's voice sharing that story was amazing to experience personally. He's just a great guy. It's a great story. But I love today's episode the same, but different than I love the, you know, the one with Alex. We had a conversation. We joked around. We argued, you know, and I, I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it in both. Andrew and I have a question for you. You know, what do you think about the things we discussed and sort of debated about the future of EUC and VMware EUC and things like that? Let us just share what you know. Share what you think. You can do it in the Control Up community. 
But you can also do it in, you know, send us a direct message. Send us an email. I believe his email is probably andrew.wood at controlup.com. Mine is db at controlup.com or douglas.brown at controlup.com. And let us know, you know, let us know what you think. And yeah, that's the best way. You know, this is us talking. Definitely join the Control Up community. Come on in and learn about this great stuff we're doing around decks and solving problems like like we talked about. And also within our community uh, chit-chat channel that we have and technical chit-chat, you know, we bait, debate these things. So, you know, hey, come and join us and, and let's have that, that conversation. You're amongst friends. You listen to this podcast. We're just guys having a good time, you know, talking tech, loving what we're doing. I, I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Andrew, again, thank you so much for doing this. What do I say? But I thank you all for listening. Uh, please stay, uh, you know, stay, stay listening, subscribe. You can subscribe on Spotify and Apple music. You can go over to, uh, or Apple podcasts. You can go to YouTube or on YouTube, search control up community and you'll find us there. You know, you can subscribe in many different places. You'll find that on control community.com. Go to the podcast link there in the top menu and you'll see the different services where you can subscribe to us. If you use a service that we don't have, let me know and I'll, I'll try to get us on there so that it's easy for you. Also, I hope my voice sounds better. I bought this cool thing called a DBX. It's a uh, little product that does live digital processing. So try to up the gain on my microphone and give that, as Andrew said, the Barry White voice. <laughs> I loved it. The Barry White. You got the Barry White voice. What do you say? What do you say? I'm having a good time. Andrew really pepped me up today. So yeah, thank you all for listening to Control of Community Radio. Have a very happy holiday. Uh, uh, holidays and and if you're celebrating uh, hanukkah which just started a happy hanukkah to you and what do i say but uh, thank you all for listening to control up community radio Woo-hoo.